Welcome to I Did This Instead of Killing Myself, a stand-up comedy and lifestyle podcast I host out of my apartment. My guest today is local stand-up comedian Matt Addy. Matt's a good friend of mine. Really enjoyed our interview. We talked about the worst drug test story I think I've ever heard. His career as a professional bowler. And I found out that he can rap like a rapper. So that was weird. Had a lot of fun. Hope you enjoy our interview. Here it is. All right. So here we are. First interview. On I did this instead of killing myself. <laughs> the uh, record-breaking new podcast everybody's talking about. Hell yes. <laughs> With me is a good friend of mine, Matt Addy. What's up? Stand-up comedian. Um, I'm trying to think. The night we met was late July. And... Uh, it was our first open mic, the same night that we did it. Yeah, man. Yeah, pushing one year now. First, uh, first night, first open mic. Yeah. The uh, stars perfectly aligned. Yeah, time flies, kind of. <laughs> kind it kind of. of drags too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It does. I don't know. Do you feel like it's been like a long time since you started doing it? I don't know, man. It, it's weird. Like sometimes it feels like I started a while ago, but then sometimes like I just started and I don't know anything. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that too, because it's it's definitely work to get yourself mentally it's up crazy. for each night. It's like yeah, nights. I mean, you don't always feel like getting up and doing it, you know, yeah. or making the drive or waiting for your. It's it is like work in a lot of ways. Yep, and we are doing this in Greenville, South Carolina. Matt is uh, from Columbia, South Carolina, so a lot of respect to Matt because he makes the two and a half hour drive uh, at least three times a week coming up to Greenville to do stand up. So. He must really love it, or he must be crazy, or both. Both. But, uh, both for sure. Both for sure. Yeah, it's not that bad, man. I mean, it's just, it's actually just under two hours if I don't hit any traffic, but it's worth it, man. It's part of the, part of the grind. Yeah, absolutely, as they say. So I wanted to ask you uh, to start. Okay, yeah. Hit me with a joke. Okay, um, this is a silly one, but I actually, I still squeeze it in my set every time because it's kind of halfway true, but um, I actually got fired for stealing pens from work. They take that stuff pretty serious down at the bowling alley. Love it. <laughs> Love it. This guy's committed to the joke ready uh, process. Uh, it's weird doing it in an empty apartment and nobody's laughing. Oh, yeah, but I'm used to it in a room with nobody laughing. So. Right, exactly. I'd, I'd like to get like a little sound thing so we could give. <laughs> know, you need to put joke. in a laugh track for me for sure on this. For anybody watching who didn't get it, Pins and pens is a uh, sound alike, and that plays better in the South because I think the Southern draw works better with the. Yeah, pins it's just and a pens. play on words, you know. Like, yeah, like I usually ask the audience, like, you know, I got fired for stealing pens from work, and you automatically yep. think pens, you know, and it's yeah. bowling pins. They take it pretty serious. And we actually did used to steal bowling pins from work, and we used to bowl outside of my apartment when I was eighteen. Yes, absolutely. So that's a true story. So this is another great thing to know about Matt Addy. Uh, not only is he a comic, but he's also a former professional bowler. Right? Boom. All the ladies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that about you because it pretty much it shocked me. Um, and then it kind of didn't. But uh, I'm like the bowling alley, like lookalike, you know, like I pick the worst sports to be good at. Like bowling. We have no groupies in bowling. You know, you never yeah. see bowling groupies. Well, I've seen Kingpin. Oh, that's true. Yeah, There's honestly, a lot of swag. You got a good point with, there. Uh, Bill Murray. 
that was like the 80s or 90s though like bowling still had that momentum now you know like uh-huh. kids bowling's not exciting for form enough now i don't know if you saw on reddit they had the top post the youngest kid ever on tv makes the 710 split on tv uh-huh. i don't know if you saw that or not but he's, i don't watch bowling clips. <laughs> yeah, it was on the top thing of reddit <laughs> you don't watch bowling clips unbelievable no, see, this is, yeah this is your struggle <laughs> But yeah, the seven ten split. It's the far left pin, the far right pin. Okay, and he no, picked no, it up. Okay. Yeah, so he picked it up. He's eighteen years old on TV, so he's the youngest ever to pick that split up on TV. Right. The chances of getting that are like you know very very low or whatever you sure. know. So that was just on Reddit, you know. But it's like I don't know, like picking up the seven ten on split t- seven ten split on TV uh-huh. is like really having a really hot female friend. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's cool and all, but it's not like it's going to get you laid. Right. Well, okay. Know? So speaking of that, let's say you're on a date and uh, you take her out to the bowling alley. Do you suck a little bit just to make her feel better, or do you just oh absolutely destroy her? Not. Absolutely not. No, I <laughs> I bowl like it's uh, tournament finals. This is a hundred k on this match. So, I don't. So let she's off. rolling a pig six pound ball, and you're sh- like rolling a two seventy. Oh, I'm rolling fifteen pound. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've shot two seventy. Okay. For sure on dates. <laughs> like Dude. I have to warm up for like seven minutes. They have to know they got to sit there watch me warm up. Uh-huh. You know, like do the whole thing. So I'm stretching, putting out rosin. Like. Dude, <laughs> I love it. I would do the same thing. Unfortunately, no. I'm not good enough at a date sport to crush, but I'm still competitive. So I would Could you try. imagine if football was a date sport to tackle? Yeah. Dude, have you ever seen the Laundry Football League? Oh, LFL? yeah. Yeah, that is They need to make that come back. Some of those girls can hit, man. Probably a little sexist nowadays. It might be a problem. Yeah, it's... A little misogynistic because they're all wearing, like, bikinis. Sure, or... sure. But no, but... dude, I've seen some of them get lit. Yeah. <laughs> like, some hard hits. They're very competitive. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's interesting. Usually the day sports are what? Like putt-putt golf, darts maybe. Yeah. Putt-putt golf, darts, bowling. Axe throwing. I've seen that. Oh, yeah. That's a new one. Yeah, yeah. Maybe See, my dad used to tell me back in the day, he's like, bowling is like the best day because like cheap, blah, blah, blah. But now it's expensive. Like, right. Bowling's like four or five bucks a game. But back in his day, it's probably like a quarter to go bowling or something. Yeah. You know? But yeah, like axe throwing is the new thing. But yeah, bowling's fun. And it's actually something a lot of girls like doing. And yeah. I'll kind of tell them, not because I want to be cool, because I know it's pretty stupid to be like, oh, it's a pro. But I'm like, I like to bowl to have fun these right. days. You know, like I don't like to do the serious part anymore, you know, so compared to stand up, it's probably pretty relaxing, too. Yeah, yeah, it is. You can have a beer like what other sport? I mean, bowling is the American sport. What other sport can you eat hot wings, drink beer, sit down in between? It's the true American sport. It really is. Yeah. We did a lot of that up in Michigan because there was no. Yeah. up north. Seasonally, there's not a lot to do once it gets past. It's huge up north, man. It's huge up north. But uh, all right. So I wanted to ask you this. I think you thought about this. Okay. Describe your biggest failure in life. Like the biggest dumpster fire story ever that you can remember that uh, that stuck with you. I want to hear about what happened. Uh, let's see. So this is just kind of a story that has just been a disaster. So I was 18 and um, I didn't really know what I want to do for a job. And like I had always drag raced cars growing up and I thought I want to work on cars. Okay. So... I got a. I wanted to get a job, just a part-time job while I was going to school or whatever to figure out what I want to do at Goodyear. Well, Goodyear drug tested. And so I'm 18, <laughs> uh-huh. and 
my drug test is on a Monday and like a couple of days went by and it's on a Sunday and I'm like, oh man, I need to probably prepare for this drug test. Uh, like, what do I do? So I don't even, I didn't even have Google back then. I don't know. I was probably using like web crawler or Yahoo or right, something. Anyways, right. it said drink pickle juice. You know, that's what you should do the night before drink pickle yeah, juice. Yeah. I'm like, all right, all right. So I didn't drink the pickle juice until the day of the drug test. And I drank like a half gallon of pickle juice <laughs> on an empty stomach. Okay. Now, I don't know if you've ever drank like a half gallon of pickle juice on an empty no, stomach. I have not. But it goes right through you. Okay. Right through you. So that I drank the half gallon of pickle juice. It hadn't hit me yet. I go to take this drug test for this job. And I'm sitting there, and my stomach starts doing that thing. Like, uh -huh. you're like, oh man, this is not good. Yeah. And then, it just kind of went out on its own right there. What? You pissed your pants? No, I. The other <laughs> way. <laughs> so I go into the bathroom. Wait, wait. Where did this? This is at a drug testing place. This is like uh, at the clinic? Yeah, this is at the clinic. So I go into the bathroom. Well, in the bathrooms in there, they don't have a trash can uh -huh. because they don't want you like discarding like stuff or whatever yeah. in there. So I couldn't flush them down the toilet. So I put them in the ceiling tile. I discarded my boxers and I put them in the ceiling <laughs> tile. <laughs> and because there's no trash can, I don't want to put them in the toilet. And I didn't know what to do with them. They have poop in them. <laughs> oh, like diarrhea. Oh my gosh, dude. dude. So, of course, anyways, oh yeah, I, I put my pants, I hit him <laughs> in the ceiling of the tile, I go back out in the waiting room, and they take me in there for my drug test, I'm like, alright, I can finally get this over with, she sits me down and she says, um, I'm gonna need to just get a sample of your hair. Uh-huh. So it was a hair test. So I drank the did pickle juice. Did you have juice. much to offer him? Or? I did then, but I thought it was going to be a pee <laughs> test. So I'm trying to prep for it, and then it ends up being a hair test anyways. Right. And so I did have hair then, but I joked. I was like, what if I had less hair? She's like, oh, we'd get it from somewhere. Right. Like, whoa. So Damn. I took the hair test. They called me a couple of days later, and they were like, um, so we got your drug test results. Have you uh, been to the dentist or anything uh, recently? I'm like, no, why? There's like, because uh, it showed a lot of uh, cocaine in your bloodstream, your drug test results. So it also showed ecstasy and also showed no marijuana. Way. Yes, they did. You were not all that. <laughs> yes, they did. And that's exactly what happened. Oh, my God. Were that you, has no punch-up. Were you using all these drugs at the time? Yes. Oh, gosh. Okay. Yes, that well, has no punch-up. Confession time. I hope that, yeah. Yeah, so man. that is the um, craziest, like, whatever story I have. I didn't get the job, by the way. <laughs> but I started working <laughs> at the bowling no alley. Yeah. I started working at the bowling alley, and that's when I started bowling, okay. and then I ended up becoming a professional bowler. So if I never would have done drugs, I never would have been a professional bowler because right. I'd have got that job at Goodyear, and I would have never worked at the bowling alley. Oh, my god! So there you go. And just so you don't get in trouble, you've since cleaned up. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I was 18. My God, I'm 36. It's crazy, yeah. dude. That was literally yeah. 18 years ago, man. Like, oh, it's dude. crazy, dude. Yeah, I used to be an animal, but yeah. Yeah. I've, no, we've had those days. Yeah, mm -hmm. that was my party days, you know? Dang. That was my party days. That's that's incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. <laughs> now we got to follow that, ladies and gentlemen. Here we, we go. We do. I, uh, <laughs> What's number two? What else well, do we got? Yeah, my next question... <laughs> Is uh, why did you start doing stand-up comedy? Okay, and uh, and what do you love about it? 
Mm, let's see. So, uh, yeah, comedy's, um, comedy's fun. Like, my dad was a pretty funny guy. So, like, he always joked with me as a kid. And he used a lot of, I think of it now, like, I didn't understand the style of comedy, but he used uh -huh. a lot of sarcasm and stuff like that. Like, a lot of sarcasm. I mean, uh -huh. it just... It was interesting. Never like negative, like or negative about life, but just like you ever heard the term like I'm just picking with you or messing with you or whatever. Yeah. Just little stuff like that and always loved it. So um I don't really know what got me about stand up. I think seeing stand up comedians always thought, Oh wow, he looks like a he'd be a cool guy to hang out with, uh -huh. you know? And um so I just thought that Man, it's weird how I got here. <laughs> I don't know. I've thought about this a million times, and I can't even get to a straight answer now. But I sometimes I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes I really don't know. It's just I love the laugh. The first time I heard a laugh, I'm like, I like that. Uh -huh. And that's probably my funnest thing to make someone do is laugh. Because yeah. I know in that moment they forgot about their problems, and they forgot about everything sure. going on, even if it's just for that split second. Sure. But – I think think probably something along that path. Yeah. You know? There's something cool about how it's like involuntary too. It's crazy, it's like a, dude. Yeah. It's just it like, I mean, I've said it, I've read it and repeated it. You know, these aren't my words. It's repeating from others, but it's like being a real magician. You know, you're literally creating a, yeah. that laugh. You yeah. Know? Was it Jerry Seinfeld who said that? That it's uh, Yeah. Jerry Seinfeld yeah. said that. Yep. It's That's like a magic what you are. trip, but it's, uh, it's, it's real of, magic. Mm -hmm. It's real magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I kind of want. I'm kind of curious now because we showed up at the comedy club the same night, like this first time we did it. Um, take me through like leading up to that because I remember I was not prepared at all when I was gonna go up there. I just went up because somebody invited me, and I was like, I'll yeah, hate myself yeah. if I say no. <laughs> and then I bombed horribly for 90 seconds. I don't think you. No, I don't think you bombed dude, horribly. Yes, I, I do. Yes, I I've did. De I've definitely I've, seen PO bomb a lot harder. <laughs> well, the, for sure. I told uh, the pilot joke, and that was pretty offensive about women not being able to fly yeah. planes. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I do. I kind of scrapped that, that one. Mm -hmm. But uh, but I remember you specifically had a. Uh, you had like your whole set list prepared. Um, and I remember a few of your jokes still about uh, bombing in Japan. You had a joke about like you did a show <laughs> over in Japan and yeah. you weren't the first to bomb yeah. it, or in Asia. I thought that was funny. But uh, if I like you definitely seemed like very analytical in how you prepared. So yeah. I thought you probably had a lot of I, I would think it would take a lot for somebody of your temperament to actually get the guts to take that first step. So Oh yeah, yeah. Dude. Those first couple or those couple of weeks before. Dude, I it took me I mean, I wrote that set list for two months before I went up there. Okay. So I ran I practiced it for two months. Okay. Every week. Um, every night. Every okay. freaking night for two months. Yeah. Dude, like a manic amount of work into it because ultimately what happened was I guess we did this in two thousand twenty. In two thousand nineteen I was actually gonna go up a year prior to that. And okay. I had emailed um, the Laughing Skull Lounge in Atlanta, and he gave me an, my first open mic slot. Thank goodness I didn't do it because I just yeah. was not ready. Sure. So anyways, X amount of time goes by, um, and I'm like, I'm, not, I'm thinking about doing it, you know? Like, I'm thinking about doing it. I pick up the Comedy Bible, and the part that got me to schedule it is it says schedule your first open mic. Don't procrastinate. Sure. Sure. And, for those of you who don't know, the book he's referencing is uh, Judy Carter, The Comedy Bible. So if you're even remotely interested in stand-up, that's it. it. I have it. I have it. If you're watching on the video, there we have go. it in my coffee table. So, 
Yeah, so um, that resonated with me a bit because I was like, you know, I really need to because I will put this off forever. I can see how easy it'd be to put this off forever, you know, like just procrastinate. Yeah. So anyways, I was like, well, I guess I'm going to start figuring out writing jokes, you know, the hardware, scary, stupid, whatever, and yep. working on the set. And I was like, I really want to have a call back my first set because I want to show people I'm serious about this. Uh-huh. Like, I'm I'm serious about comedy. So I want my first set to have a callback. And then the best callback I come come up with, I got connections. And I just wrote the bit around I got connections, yep. you know. Um, and a lot of my early jokes I'll never tell again. You know what I mean? My opener is sure. you ever look at – well, I'll tell you how it went up. This is how my first mic ever went. I walk up. I grab the mic. I start doing this because I think there's a switch on it. <laughs> and there's not. Right. So there's not a switch. So I don't know what to do. So I just say, Hello? <laughs> and to see if anybody does anything. That's, an odd, that's, they, that's not a bad opening. They uh, look at me and they do this. And I'm like, <laughs> these people can tell. Like These people are literally scared in this moment. But yeah. Dude, yeah. It was, I just, you didn't think about that stuff. You right. Know? Like switch on the mic. Ugh. Yeah. So. You know, I have a lot of respect for the audience members that come to the open mics <laughs> that we go to. Still to this, you know, yeah, still man. now a year late. Because there's a lot of uh, awkwardness involved. <laughs> And watching new people do it. Dude, it's hard. I mean, you know, we see it m- multiple times a week. and it's Right, because there's new people, yeah. Yeah, and it's just hard, you know. I mean, it is It is better, I guess. At least an audience, don't they won't see us do the same set multi- a multitude of times, you know, mm-hmm. usually. Um, but it, they really do have to endure some battles. I mean, it's tough yeah. no matter what. Even if it was 20 of the best comedians uh-huh. on the planet, still, it's just mentally going to wear you down, you know. Yeah. And if you're, uh, I mean, if you're a sadistic person, if you're really mean, you could get a sick satisfaction of watching people bomb. Oh, it's yeah. It's kind of fascinating. Yeah. It's like watching an animal get tortured or something. No, there is. There's an entertainment <laughs> value to watching people also not do well. And I'll be honest, those are more entertaining to me. Yeah. So. For sure. <laughs> and sometimes even when I don't do well, it's more entertaining to me. So. Yeah. You kind of learn more when you yeah. bomb. Yeah. Oh, you definitely do. You definitely you do. You don't learn much by doing well. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, okay. So I. I, you may have answered this earlier, but I was going to ask you, if you weren't doing stand-up as uh, as an outlet or moving mm-hmm. towards something you're doing more seriously, what would you be doing with your with the time you're committing to stand-up? What, what else would you be doing? I don't know, man. I, this is not really what I'd be doing, but if I could do something, I would be a rapper. A rapper? I actually used to have a couple rap tapes. Are you serious? Kid, when I was young. Okay. When I was young. See, I didn't know this. <laughs> I'm not I forgot good. with you for I'm not good. You're not kidding though, right? This no, is... I'm serious. Yeah, I'm, de- I'm okay. dead serious. This is part of my well, act. Well, we are we are <laughs> we are pulling this out. I'm gullible too. I'm believing you. If you're, if you're oh pulling... no, I'm dead serious. I love rap. Rap. Okay. I absolutely love rap, but I can't do Dude. it. I can't rap. Okay, you it. have to do this on stage sometime. Oh no, you're I can't do it. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna peer pressure. <laughs> I got it here. I'll drop a rap. Okay, I'll, I'll drop a rap for you right here. Okay. Are you gonna do? All right, yeah, go I'll ahead. do a rap right go here. Ahead. All right, you ready? Um, let's see. I don't know. I can't do a rap on a podcast because I'd rather finish first, not last. Uh, God, let me write a couple. Hold on, hold on. I had it, had it going. Let me think. All right. I'm just speechless. I'm going to run is it. happening. Just, just, just flow. Man. We're going to cut, great. we're going to cut this out. I'll no, we're not. There. I'm keeping this entire thing in. This is, I don't know who's going to watch this, but oh, uh, this man. is good. Let's see. All right. <laughs> All right, I'm never going to do a rap on a podcast. I'd rather finish first, not last. I'll have them pull up in a hearse, high class. 
uh, roll up in the blunt, drive fast. Uh, okay, that dude, know. that's that's plenty. I for had me to, some better lines, but no, I just dude, can't that's plenty of, for me to believe you. I'm thoroughly, I'm impressed. That's so bad, guys. That's so no, bad. I, the lines are usually better. No, that's great. Holy crap! Well, I learned something new today. Uh, me, oh, what is it? Uh, I can't even think. I had a couple lines, but I don't, no, I'm not doing good ones. I've actually never rapped for anybody before. You haven't? Well, I had one buddy in the Marines that we used to freestyle. Like okay. a lot of people in the Marines. So you never performed it? Yeah, like okay. never. You know, but I have wrote like raps, and I've always really enjoyed rap. I've listened to rap since I was like 13. Okay. So okay. I think that's who's your kinda, favorite rapper? Eminem, probably. Eminem. Yeah, dude. even though I know it's super cliche. Listen, no, I got no, a lot of, not, but dude. he's he's a great he's, rapper. Uh, he's a, his lyrics. And that goes in with my comedy. So I'm mm-hmm. more one-liner, two-liner, but it's the play on words and the word usage yeah. and the sharp, you know, the, of it. It's Eminem does a lot yeah, of that. Yeah, he was Eminem, iconic. He was one of the first big white rappers, yeah. I feel like. But his his rap is very sharp, and he uses a lot of play on words, mm-hmm. and he's got a lot of um, – it's just – he's a good yeah. writer. Yeah, I remember we were doing karaoke the other night with the comics, and I'm pretty sure somebody picked an Eminem song. And I was trying to, like – kind of sing along with the person on stage yeah this was with some comics and uh i could not do it i couldn't like i lost my breath and so did i think sam picked this up but uh yeah yeah like reading the words on a screen and trying to do it it's yourself insane, dude. yeah you couldn't do it without that's getting always out of breath. blew my mind is that just coming up with the like saying the words and mm-hmm. just the rhythm and just i know a lot of it you can do in a studio and cut and all that but i mean still just i mean i've seen eminem like freestyle and yeah it's ridiculous did you uh do you like dmx oh yeah because we're one filming of, this pretty recently so after DMX, dmx um one of my favorite Thousand rappers words. he's just uh what's funny is i thought about him because my mom when i was 14 years old in 1998 she i couldn't buy cds legally um they right. were rated x or whatever yeah, so she'd buy them for me because my parents were divorced and my mom would just buy me cds trying to be the cool parent mm-hmm. and so she bought me dmx flesh of my flesh blood of my blood at 14 right and i don't know if you've ever listened to the lyrics of bring your whole crew mm-hmm. that song but uh, let I me tell you it uh, <laughs> i listened to it in my mom's lexus with her and i when I listen to it today, I cannot believe what she had to thought <laughs> hearing it. Cause the, I mean, I, I love it, but like the vulgarity is just yeah, insane. Yeah, yeah. But I love DMX, like, you know, rough riders, DMX. Yeah. That was right during the prime, that hype up music, sure. you know, um, it was interesting. DMX. And it's so weird too. Cause he has a song called miss you about his grandma, mm-hmm. which actually kind of related. Cause I was really close to my grandma. So I think about how like a 15 yeah. year old white kid, yeah. can, you know, like, isn't that relate. funny how like when you're jamming out to that, uh, those rap songs, you like put yourself in them. I remember, oh, dude, they get me hype, man. Dude, I remember Eminem lose yourself. Lose yourself. Oh, it takes you to we a were whole all, different like, in world, middle dude. school in the high, in the middle school locker room. Just like, yeah, like, we thought we were so badass. We were like, dude, yeah, let's go hit the beat. It's crazy what music can do, man. Like I love music, like yeah. comedy and music for me are like up there. Like I really love how music can just transition the mood. I mean, we use sure. it in movies, everything. It's, sure. It's insane. I love it. Yeah. Love music, it. uh, is interesting um, when it comes to comedy. Uh, I'm not good at any of this stuff yet, but the uh, the rhythm of some of the d- joke delivery. I saw a, uh, uh, I think it was a TikTok or maybe a reel on Instagram that a fan had done of one of Mark Norman's sets, and it was a drummer, and he was like doing a, a beat, 
That's funny. To a, a picture in picture video of Mark Norman delivering the joke, and it was just did it, did it, did it, and it was exactly on. And I'd never that hadn't occurred to me that um, jokes can work because there is a rhythm that's to them. That's interesting. Yeah, and, and not only yeah the rhythm and the sound and the delivery. So yeah, um, that's funny. There's there's something to it, which is which is comforting because sometimes it's just like it feels like nothing. When yeah, you're just, you're you're just, just like, trying random stuff. Yeah, yeah, but that's interesting to know. I've heard of like joke rhythm, but in terms of it being matched up to an actual like beat pattern, and all that. Yeah, that's really and that was just something a fan had created. But there there is you know something to that maybe um that's pretty cool so I, I think i know the answer to this question but i was going to ask you who's your favorite comic and i'm pretty sure i know the answer but yeah yeah you know i like uh, i like bill burr a lot but i yep. kind of sh i guess i say a shift because what will happen with me is i'll i really like a comic then i'll i'll, I'll be in a pro or a place in my self as a comedian where I'm trying to improve on something or trying to mm -hmm. find something in my act or trying to improve something in my act. And then I'll see someone that does a really good job of like uh, Daniel Tosh, for example. Like yeah. I would never, it would be weird to say Daniel Tosh like one of the top comedians ever because you just don't hear that. Right. But I tell you, watching his set, it's like, man, that guy just tags, tags. And he just, yeah. Bill Burr is still definitely the top. But I think if you had to do this rotation, I go between Bill Burr, Daniel Tosh, and probably Anthony Jasselnik. So okay. it's like this weird yeah. three, you know, thing that kind of So goes. all three of those guys are savages. I mean, they're they're all like I mean, I'd say it, it seems like Jeselnik and Tosh are both playing characters. Sure, sure. Um, I don't even know who they really are as right, people. Right. Bill Burr, I feel like I do know who he is. Sure. But he's still kind of he's like a truth teller uh, more so than a straight up joke right yeah absolutely um, absolutely and i kind of want to go back and watch bill burr's sets because when i'm watching him like his stuff is like really interesting so i forget that they're jokes i, I kind of forget that it's stand-up because i'm right. like he's got a good point here <laughs> right, you know? right i'm laughing at the points but um he seems to be kind of almost profound with it yeah he's so good at it it almost is hard for me to follow bill burr sometimes because like He's so good at what he does here. I'm almost better just writing jokes like Daniel Tosh because I watch, you know, Tosh and he's, I mean, he just, he does, he's a joke writer. He's got yeah. some one-liners, you know, where he just kind of throws them in there. Yeah. And it's like, and then if you watch him and Jesselnik, that formula has also got them shows. Yeah. You know, the Jesselnik offensive, which didn't last long. But Daniel Tosh, mm -hmm. obviously, now it's not like he's writing all the monologue jokes, but his delivery and cadence oh, yeah. and all that kind of, and his style works with that type of stuff. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not saying you've got to do a Tosh or Jessamick style to get a show, but it's not saying that joke writers still aren't wanted by the industry, you know, mm -hmm. or whatever else, you know. I so. think those two are kind of gems nowadays because their stuff is so sad, like that, uh, that I think they'd rub a lot of people the wrong way in, in today's kind of cancel culture oh, gosh. they still are like and there's a part of me that that just i love that style i mean a lot of my jokes are really mean um and i'm i'm being i'm playing kind of a the worst version of myself when i say mm -hmm, them mm -hmm. but uh but yeah i respect the guys that are willing to go there and i've told you norm is is one of my favorites yeah of course and yeah. uh he kind of had that reputation of saying things nobody would say in the 90s you know with the oj stuff and so uh, something to be said for stand-up comics that are willing to do that. Oh, it takes a lot of balls, man. It takes, and you know what, not really balls as much, because anybody can say anything on stage. What it takes a skill and framing it to get a laugh. Because uh -huh. me and you can go up tonight, we can tell every offensive joke. Yeah. We could just bring up, you know, and just go down the list sure. if we wanted to. But to put it in a framework to where people actually laugh about it, to where you're yeah. kind of like, 
he's kind of right. Yeah. You know? Because you could definitely takes, say shocking, awful things if people don't laugh. Of course. Or they Because <gasps> if, if they hate you, they're not going to laugh. Yeah. But so they kind of have to it. like you, and you have to frame it. And it I has mean, to Daniel be. Tosh, dude, if you watch him, he's smiling the whole time, just laughing. He's yeah. like a kid yeah. having fun to where he, he does it so much. And acts like this kind of manic kid. Yeah. He takes the edge off just enough to where you don't think he's serious. But right. you're like, kind of know he is, but is yeah. he? he? It's just, that's an art form to yeah, do that. So For sure. Um, okay, so I asked this question. This might be a little heavy, but uh, what's your biggest regret in life? Yeah, yeah. So um, that's a good question, actually. <laughs> You're just like, what's your biggest Let's regret? Bring this up. That would be such a good opener for a date. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's start this out on a positive note. Um, honestly, I think it's letting time pass without acting. Like just letting too much time pass. Like people will say, "Oh, 36, you're not old. You're not old." I'm like, "Yes, it is." Like, dude, if I wish, I just would have started 10 years ago. Like, it's. It's weird. There's like this fine line between like having the balls to do something. Like I obviously can't just quit my job and do comedy, you sure. know. Yeah. But you've got to be willing to take that leap. You know, you've sure. got to, man, because I think our brains are wired to just kind of accept life just yeah. passing us by. Yeah. That we always think, well, what if when I, you know, I'm going to graduate in four years or we're going to be getting married in two years or I'm going to be doing this, you know, yeah. like. We don't embrace the moment, you know, and I yeah. know it, but our brains, I don't think are really wired to, to embrace the moment. I think our brains are wired to just let it do this because if we all were to sit here and just taking the moment, you know, like I think it could, it could either drive us crazy in uh-huh. a way or, you know, you could actually, it's weird because bottom line is letting time pass by yeah. not making moves quick enough um you know and you have to do smart responsible moves but just waiting too long i think things. that's a, i think that's a fantastic answer actually uh i think it's a it's a great answer because i there there's um i i think that i mean that I, I would have a similar answer um like uh i started um writing ideas down in a joke like back in in college you oh, know, okay, probably cool, man. Yeah. yeah and uh and you kind of always wonder and yeah, you worry about oh, what are people oh, gonna gosh, what are people yeah. gonna think sure what are you know what do i have to risk here like i have a reputation i have you know my you know my my job my family my so friends much. what are they gonna think they're gonna think <laughs> it's stupid they're gonna think i'm i'm nuts actually i still think that like i have delays right. about like starting a podcast doing sand but um yeah, you know, at a certain point, letting go of those attachments, I think, is really, uh, you know, you break through that, and then you're better on the other side. Either it goes horribly or not, but who cares? Um, you don't want to hold on to regret, man. Yeah. That's the biggest thing, and I've learned that through personal failures and mistakes yeah. I've made, and that's now being at 36. It's really hit me like mm-hmm. you don't you don't want to live with that regret, man. Yeah. You want to you know make it because. That scares the crap yeah, out of me. You're better you know? off so, taking that first step, you might as even well, if people dude. think you're stupid. If you're stupid, if you fail, that's an easier. It's actually easier to live with that versus regret and never doing it at all. Absolutely, regret Procrastination. is such a heavy weight that will weigh on you. And once you have so many weights of regret, dude, it's hard to yep. you know just start start doing it. Yeah, you know? absolutely. There's a 
a great book I read last year. Uh, I can't remember if I read it before or after I started doing stand-up uh, with you guys, but uh, it's called The War of Art. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rogan, uh, I saw it on uh, Joe Rogan's show. Oh, The War of Art, not The Art of War. Correct. There's a play okay. on that, okay, okay. but The War of Art. And what it talks about is this idea of resistance. And uh, if you're doing anything creative or entrepreneurial, it doesn't have to be stand-up. It could be anything. Um there's going to be this resistance and it gives voice in all the chapters to these resistance forces. Oh, and they're, they're every, you know, every excuse you down. could think of. Yeah. And it, it puts them to front of mind. So you're like, you know, waking up, you're going to have these things like you're tired, you know, you're put it off and, um, and you, you need to break through that and start, uh, creating or start writing or whatever it is you want to do to, to do anything and the other idea in the book is that it never stops like even if you are an established person like even if you know you're one of these famous comics even if you're Seinfeld yeah yeah you keep I'm sure he's still you still face it every morning you still face the you know the blank page and the the temptation to um you know procrastinate so I actually love that I I think I told you guys uh stand up in New York was dead obviously for COVID it just opened up and the first night of Gotham Comedy Club opening back up, uh, Jerry was opening or Jerry was oh, on that's stage. Cool. That's cool. Yeah, there were a few other guys, but I was like, dude, the guy's worth nine hundred million dollars. And as soon as the club opens up, like if anybody could just sit back and chill and do nothing, it he, would be him. It would be him. <laughs> right. Yeah. But he's there, still doing it. Love it. Man. Probably bombing if he's trying to right, do new stuff. Like who knows? So yeah. Uh, okay, so we're we're at over a half hour, so I'll ask you one more question. I don't want to go too long here, but uh, what is the best piece of advice you ever received? So this this is actually kind of a recent piece of advice, and it goes to back to what you're talking to, breaking down a lot of those barriers and sometimes like what's considered the fourth wall is um, writing every day and writing morning pages. So when I wake up, I hate life. Uh -huh. Like I do. I'm just annoyed. I hate life. Like I don't know what it is. Like it just takes me a little while to get going. So when I write morning pages, it helps me work. So morning that pages, explain what that is. So morning pages, they say to write four pages every morning, just write whatever. So it you do four pages every morning? No, I do two every morning minimum. So two, two double spaced on word? No, two single spaced. Two singles? On hand. I, I do a mix of hand and I do a mix on word. If you do it on word, if you do double spaced. I'm impressed, man. That's a lot of writing. I do at That's... least two, though, if single spaced on a hand every day. Okay. But it doesn't need to be funny. It doesn't need to be anything. Mm -hmm. You write what's on your mind. Write about not having nothing to write about. And it's sure. the most ridiculous thing. And I've never created any good material from it. But what happened, <laughs> and ever, ever, but it's not yeah, for that. Right. It's not for material. Morning sure. pages are different. They're not for material. Uh -huh. It's a brain purge. Right. You're purging. You're purging. And so then later on in the day, now you can focus more on the comedy side. You're not thinking about all the other stuff. And it's not an exact working formula, but it does help for sure. sure. And I cannot explain the anomaly of constant writing compared to crafting jokes, but there is something that works there where the more you write, the better you will get at jokes. But sure. it does not happen. It barely even, it is literally like watching grass grow. Yeah. It's not like you wrote for a couple weeks. You're just like, all right, let me just write a couple, you know, killer jokes real quick. Right. You know, it's, you never know when it's going to come. 
and you ne you never know when a joke's going to come. Sure. You know, even when you're on the paper and you're like, you know, into it, you're like, all right, I got a good setup here. All right, nothing, you know. Okay, whoa, whoa, I got a little something yeah. here. Got a little something here, you know. Okay, okay. And then it's one of like the last eight or the last 20 or the last half of a notebook, you know. Yeah. But, and it, but it comes, you know. But the more you write, the more chance that it pops up. But if you don't write all the time – pop up is limited you know yeah. so it's it's weird it's but it's not just that and i don't even know how i got here but oh yeah the morning pages will help declutter your mind a little bit later sure. that day so sure. that helps a lot and one more which i heard a couple weeks ago which helps me a lot because i got a freaking ego and i've got to like balance it and i've got to you know try and stay humble with everything in life because i'm competitive but it's um uh, listen to the message. Don't worry about the messenger. And that's one that made a lot of sense to me in stand up because you get feedback from a lot of people. Sure. But just listen to the message. Don't worry about who it's from. Yeah. Not saying don't worry about, but don't let that, you know, be a focus of the message itself. Yeah. You know, that's just a, listen to it. That's a great one. Taking feedback. And uh, that's that's been a challenge. Yeah. For me, anytime in my life. Because anytime something starts going a little bit well, that's when you're kind of like in a danger zone of like thinking. For sure. You're, you're thinking you're the man, thinking like, okay, you know, I'm whenever things start going well now, I'm just like, oh, crap. What's coming? Something's about What's to happen. What's coming? Yeah. But and, and everybody has an ego and everybody, you know, needs to like check it and be open to feedback. I'm horrible at taking feedback. I'm ho horrible at asking for it. Um so I, I do like that about stand-up, how you get real-time feedback, like every 15 seconds. If they're laughing, it's probably a good sign um, that, that you're, you're on a right track. Sure. But, uh, but yeah, it, that's um, taking feedback and, yeah, not, not necessarily looking at the messenger and saying, oh, they're wrong because of who they are. Is that kind of what you're – Yeah, yeah, because I've gotten, you know, a couple punch-ups for from guys that have never – you know, respectfully had a good set at all. And very new. They're just very new. Sure. I mean, I mean new like a month into yeah. it or whatever. But they and, could be right and, at what they're and, saying. And one of the things that said, I'm like, if I were to take that and that variable out, the fact that they're new and just listen to the content itself, sure. if that would have came from anybody else, I'd have been like, right, yeah. point, you know, but that's the ego. Like, oh, I've been doing this longer. You, I'm a better writer. Like, sure. Got to get rid of that, man. Yeah. It will destroy you in life. Yeah. Any comedy. It's I fought it in bowling. Mm -hmm. I, I will fight it in everything, but yeah. I feel like neck every new venture I go down, I, I'm a little better at it, you yeah. know. And I'm comedy. It's gonna take. I mean, a lot of. We're not that I have like a huge ego, you know, but I take the writing very serious, and I do have to get the ego in. Sure, like it's hard. Sure. Great answer. Dropping some, <laughs> dropping some nuggets on us. And I'm competitive, man. Drop, I, I, no, I love those. That's great. So we can wrap it up here. But before we go, where can we find you on your social media? Yeah, Matt Addy Comedy. Like my Facebook page and uh, Instagram. I have a hern 39 followers. So I'm <laughs> killing it. Killing and, and it. How do you spell your name? It's just M-A-T-T-A-D-D-Y. -T -T Matt Addy Comedy. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Well, this is the first interview you've done. I think it's uh, thanks for coming, dude. Heck yeah, thanks for having me. Pleasure. Guys. I'll, I'll see you around. Don't kill yourself. Four Nobody. days a week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't kill yourself. All right, thanks everybody. All right, see ya.